Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. And um, brace yourself if you're somebody that likes order and systematics, um, because if you were here last week, um, last week I, I attempted too much. I, I tried to preach through Ephesians 5.22 through verses, chapter 6, verse 9, and just kind of ran out of time and didn't make it. So that, that means that some of you know this already, that verses 5 through 9 of chapter 6 are just kind of hanging out there. Um, we, I didn't get to them last week, and I'm not going to, you'll be okay, but I'm not going to do them today as well. But if you're interested in some thoughts and resources on um, verse 5 through 9 um, in our weekly newsletter that, that goes out uh, every Friday at 9 a.m., SG Connect, that I, that I send out every Friday. Um, there'll be some, some thoughts on those verses and some resources as well. So if you're interested in that, another reason to fill out the Connect card so you can get the email that gives you the newsletter, um, check that out. And it will be okay for everybody. So let's jump in to Ephesians 6. I want to start with, I think, a pretty easy trivia question, at least for some of you. But uh, once you know the answer, shout it out. Um, This is a a history question, okay? So those of you who like American history. Who knows what happened on December 7th, 1941? From the youth up front, college students representing... Pearl Harbor. So listen to this. Uh, This is what um, President Roosevelt wrote in his speech that is famous, that probably most of you have heard. This is uh, one of the opening lines. He said this, Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in... Good job. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the empire of Japan. And so we all know what happened. Um, the United States found themselves at war. And they, that, that changed everything. I, I've been reading some articles, one in particular. Um, but those, raise your hand if you were alive in 1941. I know we have a, a number, but not a lot. Okay. Not, not many of you. And the person that raised their hand looked, Look too young to, to be there, but, but maybe you were. There's few of you. But if you were alive, most likely you were very young. Um, but because of history, you, you, you might know some of these things. Well, as soon as we found ourselves in a war, um, President Roosevelt, he took swift and very clear action, and a number of things were sent, set into motion immediately. Uh, there was a draft. There's recruitment of soldiers. There's training of soldiers. Um, There was significant um, requirement of sacrifice on the home front. So there's all these catchphrases that were used during World World War II to to ration food, to get um, people to to work, particularly women and teenagers entered the workforce. There was a huge industrial push for equipment needed. Um, there was a, just a, a mentality to, to go with less because it would benefit the cause of the war. The point is, once the United States citizens 
realized they were in a war, it changed everything. It changed everything in a moment. And the reason I want you to have that image this morning is because we're going to look at the last part of Ephesians and the Apostle Paul, he wants to draw our attention to the fact that we are in a spiritual war. So just by the very fact that we live on planet Earth, that we are human beings, we are in a cosmic battle, a cosmic war. Now some people, many people live as if there is no war, there is no battle going on. And that is extremely dangerous to live in wartime and to not know it. And, to, and, and that makes you easy, easy prey. And the goal today is not to freak people out, not to scare anyone, but to, to alarm us in such a way that we are really in a spiritual war. And as followers of Jesus, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, he has equipped us for battle. And he has given us armor, and we're, we're to put that armor on. We're to use it and to be prepared. So the big idea today is we are to be equipped for every battle. And we really are in a war. Look at verse 10 through 20. Eventually we'll get to um, the end of the chapter. So the Apostle Paul has said a lot of really good stuff up to this point in his letter. And now he's bringing it to a close. This is the beginning of his close. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against people, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, because this is true, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open our eyes to see the, the war that we're really in to see Jesus as our King and Captain who will be triumphant. Lord, help us to, to stand, to be alert, to be watchful, to use the means that you have given us to, to successfully make it from one battle to the next, to, to, to successfully guard against these flaming arrows that, that come our way. Lord, we pray for 
your protection over every believer in this local church and in this county and this surrounding region. Lord, help us to, to bring you honor and glory and to, to be bold in sharing the good news of Jesus. And I pray you would encourage every single person here this morning. We ask this in your name. Amen. Point number one, we are in a war. We are in a war. It's a real thing. We are in a spiritual war. If you've been coming here for a while, you remember many weeks ago we were in Ephesians 2, and it talks about before we were made alive spiritually, the Apostle Paul reminds the believers that you, you were slaves of your passions and desires, and you were under the rule of Satan himself. See, there's a spiritual reality that we are in this war. And he's going to help us to, to see it and to understand it a bit more. But I want you to think about that big idea. Imagine if on your, your drive to church this morning, you drove here knowing that you could be attacked, that you could be physically threatened in some way. Imagine how that would affect you as you drove. You would be much more alert than you were when you came here this morning, I would imagine. I would be much more alert. I probably wouldn't have been driving down a highway. I would take a back road. I'd take a country road. I'd take a side road. I'd be looking. The other people in the car, I'd, I'd ask them to be watchful. Look around. Pay attention. What do you see? See, knowing that you are in a war time should influence how we live. See, I think at times we can get lulled to sleep and we miss that, no, there is life or death. There is heaven or hell. There are real spiritual threats. And for those of us who have been Christians for any amount of time, we, we know people that have been just side railed by, I would say, the enemy. That, that they once were walking with the Lord and now they have denounced the Lord. That, that threat is spiritual. That is a spiritual threat. That, then there are casualties. There are casualties in the church because of that. So we want to be on guard. So look at verses 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle. That's, that's kind of a descriptive way to say it. We don't, we, our primary battle is not against mankind, fellow humans, but against rulers, so these spiritual be beings, against authorities, against these cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So there is a real spiritual realm and there, there are angels. They're on God's side. And there are demons and there, are sa there is Satan himself. And they are enemies of Jesus. They are enemies of anybody who aligns with Jesus. It's, it's a real thing. But I think what happens is we get confused and we think our enemies are the wrong, the wrong enemies. So we think, for example, let me say it this way. The war that we are in, first and foremost, is spiritual. So that means we are not primarily in a culture war. We are not primarily in a culture war. 
We are not primarily in a political war. We are not primarily in a physical war with, with, let's say, probably in our minds, certain nations, communist nations, come to mind as a primary physical threat. That doesn't mean it's not real. It's just not our primary enemy. We are not primarily in a relational war. So if you have family conflict, if you have conflict at work, behind all that is a spiritual dimension. See, we are primarily in a spiritual war. And if that is true, that's good news for us because we have the remedy for the spiritual war. We, we know that Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, came to earth, died on a cross, and, and will come back. He has risen from the grave, and He is going to come back as the triumphant King. He's the one who can solve all those problems. But what happens if you, if you are um, on Twitter or any other social media outlet or you're watching the news or if you're reading the paper or you're reading articles online, um, very few are going to point out this reality. They're going to magnify other problems and probably totally ignore the spiritual dimension of the reality that we find ourselves in. And what happens is, it, and I've seen this over and over again, Christians can get so worked up about this stuff, and you miss that you're in a spiritual war with spiritual remedies that all center around Jesus and God's Word. So let's, let's just understand what we're in. We are in a spiritual war. And our strength doesn't come from being up on all the current issues as much as it does knowing our king and captain. Look at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. See, our strength is to come from the Lord. This morning we heard a number of um, words from, from the microphone to encourage those of you who might be weary, who are, who are, who are just out of gas. You're, you're tired. Your life has gotten to you. Life is hard. Life is wearisome at times. But God wants to strengthen you as you follow and go to your king and captain. I mean, imagine this. Let's not even say a war, but let's just say a good old-fashioned fist fight. And, and we're just going to have a, a, a big old fist fight in, in this room this morning. And we know there is one person who is just um, a trained MMA fighter, who is just like top-notch, okay? Well, there's, there's a couple things you can do. You can think, well, you, you, take, you look around the room and you think, okay, well, I'll give it a shot, just my fists. See how I do. Um, or you could do my strategy would be, I'm with him. I'm with the MMA fighter. I'm going to find him. I'm going to befriend him. And we're going to do this together. Which means I'm just going to stand behind him and watch him do his thing. See, see, spiritually speaking, we have the most incredible king and captain. He rose from the dead. Nothing can hurt him. Nothing can can stop him. He is absolutely 
unstoppable. And you want to be with Him. So if you are a Christian, you are with Him. If you are not a Christian, by nature, you are opposed to Him. You do not want to be opposed to Jesus on the day you die. But see, this most incredible, powerful king and captain, he loves you so much that he died on the cross to pay for your sins so you could come in to his family and be on his side. So if you're not yet a believer, call out to Jesus. He will save you. He will rescue you like he has rescued many in this room. But a starting place, if you are in a war... Stay close to your king and captain. Listen to John 15, 5. Jesus said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, imagine how how foolish it would be for a, a branch in a vine or a branch off of a tree to be totally severed from the tree, laying on a pile and just thinking, I have all the strength I need in and of myself. I will produce apples um, in the spring. They will be ripe by the fall. It will never happen. Basically what that apple branch is going to do is going to shrivel up and die and be burnt. See, that's what it's like as Christians if we're not connected regularly to the Lord. Now, ultimately, if we're a Christian, we're not going to shrivel up and die. God, God's going to save you. He's going to preserve you. So the analogy breaks down a bit. But we need to find our strength in the Lord himself. If you are weary, keep going to Jesus. Keep reading his word. Um, this Thanksgiving, we went out east to um, have Thanksgiving with my, my sister and brother-in-law and her family. So we all drove out, and uh, we have a family friend that lives in Lancaster County. Her name is Jane, and she is just an incredible uh, woman of faith who has been walking with the Lord for about seven, or she's 72 years old. I don't know when she first became a Christian, but for many, many decades. Her family has been through incredible, unimaginable tragedy. And... She was just there sharing how her, her faith has just grown and prospered over the years. And um, the details of their life has, have been excruciatingly painful. And to see her as a vibrant 72-year-old smiling and talking about Jesus was super, super encouraging. And see, Jane has stayed close to her king and captain. There are other Christians that have given up the faith for for far less pressures than she has experienced, for sure. And she would say the Lord kept her, but she kept going back to the Lord. And so she is strong and vibrant in the Lord. That's how we should all be. Paul continues to inform us about the enemy. Look at verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
So our enemies are dangerous and they are powerful. But do not be confused. They, they, they pale in comparison to the Lord himself. This is not Star Wars. This is not Buddhism, which is basically what, what a Star, Star Wars was based on. This is not the yin and yang, the, the good and the evil kind of balancing each other out. No, God is far superior. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. But our enemies are real, and they do have power. And so we need to be aware of that, and we need to stay close to our king and captain. See, we are in a war, but Jesus gives us the things that we need. He equips us for the battle, which brings us to point two. We must prepare for battle. So how do we prepare? Look at verses 13 through 18. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, stand firm. Stand firm, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, having put the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times. See, if it's a spiritual battle, we can, we can commune with the Lord with all prayer and supplication. So we're going to hit these kind of fast, but we prepare for battle by standing firm and putting on the armor. So standing firm, if you know, picture any war movie that you've ever seen, is holding the line. It's, it's very active. Standing firm is you, you see things coming at you and you're not afraid. And you're not afraid because your eyes are on your king and captain. So we're to stand firm, but we're to put on the armor that he provides. I mean, imagine... If we're living in medieval times and you had an option in a sword fight, the option is you could go up against your opponent with no sword and no armor. That's an option. Not a good option, but it's an option. That'd be option A, the dumb option, we'll call it. Option B would be you get all the armor that is provided and you put it on and you get a sword to fight with. That's option B. That's the smart option. So you you got options. It's the same spiritually that we have options. We We can utilize the means that God gives us through his word, through his spirit. Or we can close the Bible and say, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. I'm just going to fight on my own. I'll I'll see how I do. I'm pretty quick. We'll see how it goes. No, we, we need to... We need to put on the armor. So we, must, we prepare for battle by standing firm. We prepare for battle by taking up the whole armor of God, by putting on the armor that he provides. Now, here's the specifics. We, we prepare for battle by putting on the belt of truth. We have the truth of God's word. And that's to fasten us. That's to hold everything together. The, we are in a time where, where the Bible is going to be challenged and questioned. 
And the more solid you can be on this book and what it says and having confidence in God's word, the more prepared you will be. It will, it will hold everything together like a belt. It will, it, we're to, to have this belt of truth, solid and firm. See, this, is, this, is, this gift of the Bible is, is, a, is one of those gifts that I think we, we can just take for granted because we have such access to the Bible. But if you study church history, men and women have died and been burned at the stake for this book just to be able to translate it into a language that the common people could read so that we could know who God is. This is a precious gift. So we want to be really familiar with this precious gift. We prepare for battle by putting on the breastplate of righteousness. See, the, these, these, the spiritual armor that we have, what the Apostle Paul is doing, he has two images in mind. I think he has some Old Testament allusions that are, that are filling out some of the description, and he has the Roman soldier in mind. And I think with this breastplate of righteousness, he's thinking of the Roman soldier's breastplate that would have covered his chest down to his legs. And spiritually speaking, we, we, we are to be putting on this breastplate of righteousness. Now there may be some debate, is this the righteousness of Christ or is this righteous living? You can duke that out. It may be both. And both are protective. The righteousness of Christ is the, the perfect righteousness that has been credited to you and I the moment we trusted in Christ. It's why we can stand. It's why we can approach God. But every believer who has been made alive spiritually is to live righteously. And we've been given power to live righteously. And you think about it in terms of, 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 uh, of wartime. If you have corrupt soldiers, that, that puts everybody in danger. See, practical living, righteous living before the Lord is a great protection when you are in a battle. Living for the Lord, doing what the Lord says, not doing what he says not to do. I had a couple of negatives in there. You figured it out. Don't do the bad things. Um, but it matters how we live. So we prepare by putting on the breastplate of righteousness. We prepare by putting on gospel shoes. It says, shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So when, when we are attacked or when we are trying to rescue the lost, we have these, these gospel shoes. These, what he has in mind there is these Roman boots that had like little spikes on the bottom that gave them sure and solid footing. We have sure and solid footing with the good news of Jesus. It's the message that reconciles. It's the message that, that brings people from spiritual death to spiritual life. For those of you who are in college or you're, you're working and you're working with some hard and difficult people, the gospel is the good news that melts the hardest heart, changes the most lost and hardened and vile person, gives hope to the most self-confident, self-righteous person that they're not near as good as, or righteous as they think they are. See, the gospel is the good news. It's a powerful, powerful weapon. So we 
Prepare for battle by putting on gospel shoes. We prepare for battle by holding up the shield of faith. By holding up the shield of faith. This the shield that Paul had in mind for the Roman soldier was a huge shield that really, if you came down a little bit, you could hide behind the whole thing. And it's a shield of faith. This shield physically was probably four to six feet. So depending on how tall you are, some you have to duck, some you can stand really tall and they still can't see you. I would fall into that category. Um, but it's a shield of faith that you hold up against these flaming darts that come at you that are being shot your way. One of Satan's famous things to do is to accuse Christians. Is to get in our minds and accuse us. So it might go something like this. You're, 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 you're excited about the Lord. You decide to, to lead a Bible study. And you're about to, you're walking to the Bible study. You're thinking about the Bible study. And you have a thought that, that enters your mind like this. If they knew what you did in your life up to this point, they wouldn't want to hear anything you have to say. You shouldn't be leading this Bible study. Do you remember when you did this? So then you hold up the shield of faith against that. I'm far worse than that one thing. And Jesus paid for every single accusation you can bring. So the shield of faith, just that, that flaming dart just bounces right off extinguishes it, puts it out. It's, it's gone. Another one could be this. If God really loved you, if he really loved you like he loves those people, your life wouldn't be this hard. If he really loved you. So that's, an, that's, a, that's a lie. Shot your way. You need the shield of faith. You know how much God loves me? He sacrificed his one and only precious son. His prized son who never did anything wrong, innocent in every way. He gave so that I could be adopted and brought into his family and live with him forever. Though this life might be hard, it has nothing to do with how much God loves me. Let me tell you, Satan, how much God loves me. So you put it out with the shield of faith. Maybe some of you have a fresh example. You walk through the church doors today. You can't sing this morning. Don't sing to Jesus. We, we all heard how you talked to your, your kids on, on the way to church today. You were punching at them. You were yelling at them. You were telling them, be quiet. Now you're going to come in here and smile and sing to Jesus. So you shield of faith. You know what? That was wrong. Kids, forgive me. Um, Jesus, thank you that you say in your word that if I confess my sins, you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Satan, I'm going to sing boldly because I have a Savior who paid for all my sins. See, you practically battle each flaming dart as it comes with the shield of faith that really is anchored in God's word. We, we battle these things with faith. We have the, the helmet of salvation that we put on that will protect us, that we stand secure positionally before the Lord because of what Jesus has done for us. 
And then we prepare for battle by taking up the sword, by grabbing God's word and using it not just defensively, but on offense as well. See, this, we don't have to be afraid of anything that's happening in our day and age. We don't have to think that certain people or groups of people are outside of God's reach. They are not. And so we want to share compassionately, humbly, but boldly the Word of God with others. Now, if you never take your sword out of the sheath, that you just keep it. Oh, I have a sword. It's a powerful sword. It's a a very sharp sword. But I never use it. You're being attacked. Things are coming at you. Thoughts, desires, whatever it would be. But you just keep it here. It's of no use. It's of no use. You need to get it out and open it and know how to wield it. My friend Jane that I talked about a few moments ago, she may be 72, but she knows how to wield the sword of God's word. I mean, it's like, like a Jedi. I mean, it's, she is incredible. Why? Because in her darkest, hardest moments of her Christian life, with tears, I'm sure, she weeped her way through God's word. Day after day. Day after day. Lord, where are you? Show me. Show me your love. One of, the, one of her favorite things to do, she was saying this to um, my kids and, and some of my nieces and nephews were, that were in the living room. She calls them God sightings. So when life is really difficult, really dark, they try to look for God sightings. Where, where is God at work in this situation? And see, she learns to do that because she can wield the sword. She knows God's word. Um, One of my my favorite verses in, let's say, gospel ministry is found in 1 Corinthians 16, 7 through 9. I I don't know if we have this one in projection or not. But Paul says this. I will stay in Ephesus. So this is our book that he's writing to until Pentecost. For a wide door of effective work has opened to me. So think about that. So the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to stay because God's opened a wide door for effective ministry. That all sounds great, but then the, the, the second part of the verse is actually very helpful. And there are many adversaries. So with this wide open door of many opportunities for people to come to know Jesus, there's going to be opposition. He doesn't say, I'm not going to go now. No, I'm going to engage and I'm going to go and I'm going to use the sword of God's spirit. I'm going to use the gospel and I'm going to share it and I'm going to watch it work. And maybe even some of those adversaries, like the Apostle Paul himself, will come to saving faith. See, we prepare for battle by using the armor that God has given us. Lastly, third point. We must watch, pray, and stay close to our allies. We must watch, pray, and stay close to our allies. We're in a war. What should we do? We must watch. We must pray and stay close to our allies. Look at verses um, 18 through 24. I'm just going to hit a few things here. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. 
So we're to have regular communion with the Lord. We're talking to him. Jesus made that possible. Supplication is a very specific request. So whatever is burdening you, you ask those things. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. So keep alert with all perseverance, with all endurance. See, this is a war with many battles. And we need to persevere. We need to keep going, no matter how we might feel at the time. And we need to remember our allies, making supplication for all the saints. Pray for one another. Assume that every Christian you know needs prayer for something. I think that's a really safe assumption. And pray for them. If you don't know the specifics, ask them. Or just pray for them and ask the Lord to help guide you in your prayer. And then the Apostle Paul says, And also for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. So he was in prison, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This also is encouraging because the Apostle Paul, you're thinking, he needs prayer for boldness? Man, he, he seems fearless. But he's in chains, he's in prison. He knows or he thinks that he's going to die for the faith. And people have shared that with him. And yet he continues. So pray. Pray for the boldest Christians you know who are bold and confident in sharing the gospel. Who are the evangelists among them. Pray for them. Pray that they be bolder. Pray that God would use them more. Pray that God would use them to equip us more and more. Verse 21. Um, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. So um, Tychicus, this is another beloved brother, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. So he's sending his beloved fellow um, soldier in the faith to Ephesus to encourage them. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And so there's this gospel partnership happening People are leaving and people are going and, and he's sending Tychicus to encourage them, to strengthen them in the faith. See, we need allies. We need fellow Christians who hold to God's word to encourage one another. We want to celebrate what other local churches are doing when they are preaching the gospel and making disciples. They're our allies and we want to cheer them on. We are excited for what the Lord is doing in their midst. And then he says, verse 23 and 24, Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all, with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love uncorruptible. So three big ideas from here. We must watch, be watchful, be alert. We must pray, seek him every day. And we must stay close to our allies. Who are our allies? Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord and believes that this book is God's inerrant, inspired word. They're our allies. Find them. Find them locally. Find them in the workplace. Find them on the internet. There's, there's just so many good resources 
We have many allies. We want to encourage them and we want to be encouraged by them. How we're going to close today is we're going to sing a song and it's a song that is maybe not familiar to some of you. It's, it's a famous hymn. It was written in the 1500s by Martin Luther and the song is entitled Our Mighty Fortress is Our God and A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And it's, it's dense with words. It has four verses. We're going to sing through it. Henry has been working hard to, to learn it. Uh, but as we're singing, I want you to really pay attention to the words. And as you're singing it, at one point, um, Martin Luther's life was, I mean, it was threatened because of his stance for the gospel. At one point, he was hiding in a castle in Germany, translating the Bible into German so that the average German person who could read would have access to God's word. So there were real threats all around him. One of the benefits of their time which is different than our time, is no one needed to convince the Christians in that day, in the 1500s, that they were in a spiritual war. They lived it. They experienced it. So as we sing this last song, think of the words that we're singing. Think of Martin Luther boldly taking a stand for the gospel. So let's all stand. Let's have the band come up. I'm going to pray. Then we'll sing. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truths of your word. Lord, we want to be equipped. We want to walk in the armor that you have given us. We want to be bold, confident in the faith. Holy Spirit, would you use us? We thank you for the benefit and perspective of history. There, there's no dark time where, where you have not worked. You have not been there. And you have been faithful. And so, Lord, in our own day and age, we can be confident in your work. In our own families, we can be confident in our workplaces, in our universities. Lord, you are mighty and powerful. So would you fix our attention and our hearts to you? May our faith grow as we sing this final song. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>